Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horneman, aka The Thyroid Fixer. Also, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone, and health-related in order to empower, educate, and transform you. Remember, I fix your thyroid, I fix your hormones, I fix your life. So let's get started. I was inspired to do this podcast when I met with a new patient today who has been vegan for 11 years. And we were talking about, and she was open to changing her diet after dealing with, of course, Hashimoto's and menopause onset at an early age, accompanied with varying levels of FSH and estrogen. And at first, I really couldn't figure it out when I was looking at the labs and seeing high estradiol levels with crazy elevated LH and FSH, which are the two markers, it's follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone that we look at to determine if a woman is in menopause, crazy high levels indicating menopause, and then looking at the history and seeing low levels and then seeing low estradiol and then high estradiol fluctuating like crazy along with elevated antibodies. And we got into the diet portion of her consultation and found that she, which is no surprise when we're talking about vegans and vegetarians, found that she was eating a large amount of soy, soy protein, tofu, edamame, all of that faux meat out there usually has a soy base to it. So I wanted to dive into the topic of soy as it relates, of course, to Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, but really as it relates to all of you, male and female, and go into, is it even a good thing? Like at all? Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. First of all, when we're talking about soy, if you go out West, you will see fields. I mean, just hundreds of thousands of miles of fields planted with corn and soybean. Soybean is a main crop of the Midwest because we use it as a base of so many things in our food. So as that base, we have to remember that pretty much all farmers, and I'm sorry, there's not too many organic farmers out West that's a very, very narrow group. And I respect them. I love them. But I see the farmers out West when I travel and I can tell you they're using glyphosate. They are using some Roundup ready beans because we know Monsanto, they came in. That's a whole other story. Another documentary you can find on Netflix. 
and basically put the farmers that were using the organic beans, the organic soybeans, the organic crops, the crops that were not Roundup ready and produced by Monsanto, put them out of business. So all your farmers out there, most of your farmers out there, and if you're listening to me and you're a farmer, you can totally write in and be like, damn, you're 100% right. Or girlfriend, you're wrong. Here's the scoop. But my knowledge after speaking with many of them is that they're using glyphosate because they have to, or the crops would be infiltrated with weeds and would basically kill off the crops. So these Roundup Ready soybeans, which are genetically modified, this is where you get the GMO term. These genetically modified soybeans are Roundup Ready. They're engineered to withstand heavy doses of herbicides and pesticides that basically kill any and everything and anything without killing the soybean plant itself. This is absolutely carcinogenic. Even the FDA, even our FDA, who still allows red and blue food coloring that is detrimental to the brain, even the FDA says that Roundup or glyphosate is a probable, they still give probable term, probable carcinogenic to humans. There is a study that was published in Food Chemistry where researchers found that Genetically engineered soybeans actually accumulate and absorb. So you can't you can't be rinsing this off, right? You can't be using your your little veggie spray on them. Accumulate and absorb high levels of glyphosate upon being sprayed during their growing season. That's what the farmers do, and they have way 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 lower nutritional profiles as compared to organic soybeans. So that's not surprising. We see that with all fruits and vegetables across the board when we look at organic versus non-organic. And even though the maximum residue level MRL in the US is 20 milligrams per kilogram, not really important for you, but basically we're saying that even though the max residue level in the US is XYZ, we're seeing studies in animals and humans, serious, consequential, negative health effects far below that MRL, far below. This is including miscarriages, abnormal fetal development, and total interference with hormone production and the entire endocrine system, including your thyroid gland. So that's just part one of, is soy good or bad for me? Based on that alone, you should be saying, absolutely not, I'm going to avoid this crap. Now, I know your argument is going to be, well, I use non-GMO. Okay, hold on to that. We're going to get there. We have to move into inflammation. So I talk about PUFAs all the time. The polyunsaturated fatty acids, the oils that go poof. Well, you know, one of the additives in popular cooking oil, your canolas, your PUFAs, is soybean oil. Because it's cheap. It's cheap. What do you think the restaurants that you go to use to fry your food? Even when you indulge and you get some fried food, right? I love my wings, my PB jam and wings, love them. They're cooked in canola oil or soybean oil. This is totally shifting our omega-6 to omega-3 ratio. We know that as a country, most Americans are getting 20 times the amount of omega-3s than you actually need. That is hugely inflammatory. All PUFAs are inflammatory and they actually cause fat storage. They cause 
inflammation and they cause insulin resistance. I interviewed Ben Azadi some time ago. I need to have him back on. And I asked him if he was given the choice of canola oil or sugar, which would he choose? And he chose sugar because eating sugar has less damaging effects than canola oil. How about that? Right? How about that? All right. All my peeps with digestive issues, soy may block protein digestion. Now, here's the issue. How often do I talk about the importance of protein intake? Many of you ladies are low in protein intake, notoriously low in protein intake. And I've talked about the importance of protein. So now you're eating soy and God forbid you're eating it in place of animal protein. But if you are a vegan or vegetarian, you are. You're choosing soy over high quality amino acid laden animal-based protein. Now, guess what? You're eating something that actually blocks the digestion of protein. So you're going to tell me, well, soy has protein in it. Eh, hold on. First of all, it's not bioavailable because only your animal-based proteins are bioavailable. And it is packed with trypsin and protease inhibitors, which are actually enzymes that make the digestion of protein incredibly difficult. This will cause gastric distress. So my patient earlier today, years and years and years of GI issues, years, bloating, GI issues, out the wazoo. She's not digesting. She's not breaking down. Even the protein that's in the garbage replacement products for meat, the faux meat, not breaking down that protein. So not only is soy not bioavailable, it's also blocking digestion and causing GI distress. It also causes a deficiency in amino acid uptake. So remember, amino acids are the building blocks for your hair, for your muscles, for your skin. We need those aminos to build that sexy lean muscle, to grow luxurious hair, to have good skin. And that is arguably why, and this is not the case in this particular patient, she's gorgeous, but that is arguably why I can show you a typical, I can go to Whole Foods and pull you out a vegan and they're going to have ruddy skin, dry, brittle hair and not a lot of muscle tone, or they will have excess body fat. And we can kind of start to see the why here. The insulin resistance, the inflammation, the digestion issues, the lack of protein, the lack of amino acid absorption, kind of going along the lines of digestion as well. So it gives you gas. It gives you a lot of, a lot of gas, a lot of flatulence, a lot of bloat, because soy is loaded with fiber. And I mean, it, it does have prebiotic compounds. I, I will, let, I'll, I'll admit to that. And prebiotics are great. But if you overfeed your healthy gut bacteria, even with probiotics, this is why I say, don't do a ton of probiotics. Don't overdo probiotics just because Jamie Lee Curtis said that Activia yogurt is good. Because that can actually harm your gut flora balance by overfeeding some and underfeeding others of the good guys. Same thing with prebiotics. If you overdo prebiotics, if you overdo soy, you start to get that imbalance 
And that's going to build up methane and flatulence and you're going to be bloated. Now, the other downfalls of soy, we know that it is goitrogenic, meaning that it can cause a downregulation of the thyroid gland and can actually cause goiter. We know it interferes with thyroid hormone production. It definitely interferes with how your thyroid medication works which is why I tell all of my thyroid patients to please, please, please avoid soy. I don't care if you use a little bit of soy sauce, if you eat the once a year fried tofu, because, you know, I don't even know why you would eat fried tofu, but maybe you're jonesing for it or some edamame. But you should not be doing this on an ongoing basis or really even more than that amount because it will downregulate your thyroid production. The other interesting thing that I mentioned earlier, that is an absolute downfall, is that it can be very estrogenic. Now you'll read articles that state that, no, 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 we don't really see a high estrogen level with soy, but yet you'll read another article that says that soy or the isoflavones in soy can aid with your menopause symptoms. And that it can actually help increase estradiol, which then decreases hot flashes. Well, personally, I like to use real estradiol. I don't want to pump you full of soy just to get the phytoestrogens in you to raise your your estrogen level. These phytoestrogens mimic estrogen structure. So it allows them to function in the same estrogen pathway which then, yes, of course, can help relieve hot flash symptoms as shown in this study. But what if you're not low in estradiol? And why are you using soy to raise your estrogen, which it's going to send it on a roller coaster. It's not regulated. It's not like using a compounded estradiol cream or a compounded patch where we know the exact dose that is going in you. No wonder we were seeing such dysregulated all over the chart numbers for this patient in her estrogen, in her estradiol, in her FSH, in her LH. Because the intake of these phytoestrogens on a daily basis in large amounts dysregulated her own hormones. Could this be what caused her early onset menopause? Possibly. Because it it sent her hormones on a roller coaster There's Hashimoto's involved as well. So we know when estrogens are high, now this isn't a cause of Hashimoto's, but when estrogens are high, it's going to have an effect back on the thyroid gland. It's going to cause elevated reverse T3. It's going to block thyroid absorption. It's going to block that T3 from getting to the cell. It's going to downregulate thyroid function. It's going to increase TSH. We do not want you in an estrogen dominant state ever. And by consuming large amounts of these phytoestrogens, i.e. soy, you are going to put yourself into an estrogen dominant state. You are going to put yourself in an elevated reverse T3 state. And you're going to downregulate your own thyroid production simply by what you are eating. That doesn't sound good to me. It just doesn't. Men? Yeah. I have seen estrogen dominance, high estradiol levels in men and low testosterone levels in men because when estradiol goes up, testosterone goes down. 
when LH goes up, testosterone goes down. I have seen that in men who are vegan and vegetarian. Now, more women tend to go the plant-based route than men. I don't see too many men that are vegan or vegetarian, but I have seen them. And they are very estrogenic, even in their appearance. They'll have a little bit more gynecomastia or man boobs. They'll have a thickening of their hips and thighs. They'll carry weight in their lower half like women do. Very, very estrogenic. Smooth skin, but very estrogenic. And men, we don't want you to be estrogenic. There are some studies that show that soy has an influence on breast cancer and that it can lower the risk of breast cancer. However, I would argue, again, I will argue this. If a woman has breast cancer, you give her tamoxifen to block the estrogen receptor. You tell her that she can't do bioidentical hormone replacement and use estrogen, but you let her eat soy. That doesn't make sense to me. And that is not a strong enough argument for me to introduce any kind of soy into my world, into my body, into my life. The other benefits that we'll see, because I don't want to just bash it. I want to at least go over some of the the documented benefits of soy and let's weigh it. Let's, Let's say, is this worth it or not? Some studies say that soy foods are good non-dairy sources of calcium. Now, again, we can go down so many rabbit holes with this. If eating soy is depleting your minerals, and we know that minerals are vital for thyroid hormone production, for how you feel, low magnesium makes you constipated, makes you more anxious, low zinc levels makes you more anxious, low mag, can have an effect on your T4 to T3 conversion. It can cause muscle tightness. If we know that overconsumption of soy depletes our mineral status, can we honestly say that it's worth it just for maybe having a little bit of extra calcium, which honestly, I don't even like. When it comes to bone protection, your biggest source of bone protection, your biggest, we'll say tool or tools, plural, are vitamin D, vitamin K, magnesium, and estrogen. Now, they're saying that soy could be beneficial to your bones because it's a non-dairy source of calcium. They did not touch on the fact that this raises estradiol, which I would argue a stronger argument of it's raising your estradiol. We know that estrogen is vital for bones. And then, yes, let's add on lifting heavy shit and doing weight-bearing exercise, But calcium isn't even that strong of a contender in overall bone health, not compared to other minerals, not compared to estrogen, not compared to lifting heavy. It's way, way, way low on the totem pole. Calcium interferes with thyroid hormone absorption, just like soy does. So why in the world would we use that as a good source of calcium? No, I call BS on that. I call BS. Another study says that it lowers LDL. Well, you will see coming up very soon, I am bringing in a specialist on cholesterol to debunk all of that. 
the fear around high cholesterol. What is high cholesterol? Do we really need to reduce our cholesterol? Do we need to reduce our LDL? Because there is another study that shows that elevated LDL actually extends life, reduces all-cause mortality. So here we are taking statins and eating soy to lower our LDL. And all that's doing is increasing our risk of mortality. You're losing me in that argument completely. In my eyes, the detriment of soy, the down, downsides of soy far outweigh the upsides. I have seen it. I have, I have experienced it. So quick story, back in my, I would say, late teens, early 20s, you know, you kept hearing about soy. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try some soy protein. I'm going to fry up this tofu. And I broke out like I was 14 years old. Acne absolutely everywhere because it is estrogenic, because it spikes your estrogen. And that put me in such hormonal chaos that I broke out everywhere. Yes, I can give anecdotal evidence. Yes, I can tell you about individualized patients. Maybe you have to experience it for yourself. And maybe you have your own story surrounding soy. But the hidden dangers of soy, how it affects your body, to me, not worth the risk, not worth the detriment. There are so many other things that we can do for our bones, for our breast protection, for protein sources that we absolutely should, in my opinion, completely and totally avoid soy. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right. I hope to see you soon.